dude, so, so like I was saying about PlayStation, the golden era of PlayStation was PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2. Um, but then when Last of Us, which is one of the greatest games ever, came out, I feel like PlayStation just started trying to reproduce that success. And honestly, every PlayStation exclusive that has come out since 2013 has been like, they've been <coughs> copying the Last of Us model. You know what I didn't like? I didn't like how they could have made, well, I, I don't know like games like you do. Could they have made it backwards compatible like the newer ones and they just chose not to? Oh, 100%. Yeah. That piss, Dude, they're a that, Japanese. That really, that, 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 that's unfortunate. Yeah. That really disappoints me. Yeah. Dude, they're a Japanese company. Mike. Dude, if a PS5, can you even get a PS5 right now? Uh, yeah, I think so now. Yeah. If you, if a PS5 had full backwards compatibility, I could mm -hmm. play like all the PS1 games. I'd probably buy one mm -hmm. and just go buy like, yeah, the craziest old school PS1 games and like a couple new games every now and then. But mm -hmm. yeah, dude, it's so yeah. You cannot PlayStation Four. You cannot put a PS3. I'm, I'm, I might confuse it, but you cannot put a PS3 disc into a PS4. And play I don't know. It. I don't know games like Andrew uh, at all. So I'm just gonna throw ran. I'm gonna throw <laughs> random. This has nothing to do with church. We'll get to that. But I'm gonna throw random. Um, it's our podcast, so we do whatever we want. I'm gonna throw <laughs> random. Uh, uh, questions or just thoughts out. I want you to give me your thoughts. We'll do this for like a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. Because I have limited, but. I think a decent video game knowledge, especially yeah, yeah. of like you knew the classics. Not, You're familiar yeah, with the classics. Yeah, and and like my I drop mm -hmm. off around like oh, 2010, and that's yeah, when yeah. I stopped. Yeah. Um. Okay. Splinter Cell. Since you're an Xbox fanboy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go, dude. Metal Gear Solid did it first. Is that what you want me to say? No, I actually like Splinter Cell. Oh, it's a great dude. I dude, think it's. I think I think they improved a lot of things. Yeah. Did you know they're about to remake it? Dude, they're about to come out that's with a tight. new Splinter Cell. It's did been you, 20 I'm years. I'm asking, did you like it? I I didn't play it that much. Okay, dude. Uh, but I know. But you're I know. not a big. What it, what it, what is it called when you're not first person? But you're. I, I like both. I like both. I would say I'm I'm a huge first person. You're not guy. a big stealth guy. Uh, I think I love stealth games, dude. Yeah, 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 bro. I love games. <laughs> what all, what always intrigued me were Did games. Did you so you played all the Metal Gear Solid games, bro? I was a fanboy of, of metal gear dude like konami yeah. was my guy dude, dude and the story's so good wait is his name konami uh, no no that's his name's like kojima kojima that's what kojima, I mean. yeah. kojima uh <laughs> dude i was but it wasn't it, honestly i think looking back a lot of it was like the story dude metal mm -hmm. gear was like a movie mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so it was like i was fascinated like who are the patriots mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. just like yeah it was like a cinematic mm -hmm. thing and i just loved i loved i remember being like 17 on my PS2 in yeah. like 2004 and yeah, playing yeah, Metal yeah. Gear Solid 3, which yeah. to me is the greatest game of all time. It's, so uh, it's not the most popular, but it's my favorite. Not the greatest, my favorite. And I remember... A lot of people say it's the greatest. It, Dude, it's. Mm -hmm. it, I think it encompassed the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. It had a great mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. It wasn't trying to be too new. It was set in the uh, yeah. Cold War. Yeah. Uh, but it was like you were outside. It had mm -hmm. so many different things. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I love that feeling in a game. Mm. Um kind of miss it i love that feeling of anonymity and like uh oh i hope someone doesn't find me <laughs> call call like i remember so, so i remember in 07 mm -hmm. or yeah i think it was 07 sneaking around when did the xbox elite come out 07 right uh the xbox elite well there's the 360 the 360 sorry yeah yeah 360 actually came out in 05 or 06 okay i remember my buddy in 05 06 yeah he got uh he got an Xbox 360 yeah and he got of course Modern Warfare uh, four uh, or uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare which was 2007 07 yeah. so it'd yeah, have been yeah. 07 and I thought it was great 
But I feel like that's when I kind of... It's kinda, a different game. That's it's when I kind of... And it's like to, to each his own, but that's when yeah. I kind of was like... All right, dude. Like, I, 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 nobody can see what this I did. This is not my thing, guys. This yeah. is not for it me. It just was always more fun to me. Like, mm-hmm. it felt like I was in a novel if I was, like, sneaking around. Sneaking around right, and, like, right. had to, So, right. anyway. So. Okay. And the, and the appeal, the appeal, dude, I will tell you the appeal of Modern Warfare. Like, Modern Warfare changed video games. For sure. It's, but so did Metal wait, Gear. Wait, 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 wait. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Real but quick. So did Metal Gear. Real quick. Isn't Modern Warfare simply. A very, no pun intended, modern version of Goldeneye. Uh, it's Goldeneye Michael- was the first, or, well, I guess you could say what, Doom uh, or Duke Nukem? Uh, it's a Michael Bay movie. It's what a Michael was, Bay movie. No, I, mean the, I mean the actual gameplay. Though. Oh, the gameplay, What was yeah. the first, like, pre-Rome? Oh, oh, Doom. Doom. Yeah. Was it Doom? Yeah. On, on PC, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Were you ever but, a PC guy? Mm. Uh, PC guy? (laughs) Uh, Do you play strategy games? Uh, Real time. It looks so much better on PC. Dude, that's all you, bro. If anybody, if anybody is like, if anybody grew up, if anybody's like a a, a middle, like a mid thirties millennial, I know you remember, like, if you were into video games, Uh, this sounds way better on my PC. It looks so much better on PC. (laughs) I've actually recently become a PC guy because, like, PC gets everything. Because, like, Xbox gets some stuff, PlayStation gets some stuff, and and then both of them port it to PC, and so I've become like. And to be fair. The guys who like invest money and have like a huge PC setup, it's like okay, that's pretty. That's pretty tight. You got like this. You got like two yeah. monitors. You got like the perfect ergonomic mouse. Yeah, you got yeah, your yeah. video game chair, and you got your whole table. And, and it's like, and, and and you're a virgin. Yeah, there's and, no no women around. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, if you're following the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Speaking but, of the Lord, now nah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh no, but they um yeah they've spent three thousand dollars on their PC setup and and, and well, like their parents game, their, their parents right and Go a gaming ahead. console is like four or five hundred dollars so like That's, eh. yeah, right. <laughs> and I feel um, like too I feel like I feel like if a girl if your date or your girlfriend comes in and you're like. You're on a you're on like a joystick or on a, uh, a joystick. That's, that's cool. You're on a console. It's a like PC it's it's guy. it's like yeah. it's not. I wouldn't say it's cool, but it's like he loves his games. Like he loves video games. But if she it's comes, acceptable. it's acceptable. Yeah. yeah. If she comes in, RGB lights and it's just all like, over the. <laughs> it's just like a massive monitor. Yeah, and you're yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look like a bigger loser doing that. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, no, but the thing about Modern Warfare though, it's just different from Metal Gear. Okay, there's one of those opening modern warfare levels where you're on a plane, you're you're on like you're you're hanging out the high side of I a think helicopter. I remember that one, yeah. You're hanging out the side of a helicopter and you're going over like Tehran. And then a nuke and, goes off. And then well, one of them, and okay. then there's like ten other helicopters that are going along beside you. Yeah. That is modern warfare. Yeah, that's dope. It is like we are going to war. Yeah. We like like it's it's the feeling of being in this <clears throat> grand battle. Dude, I remember the I remember uh what was the one that was after Modern Warfare? Before Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare Two. No, it was the World War Two Black one. Ops. Oh, oh, oh! World at War, bro. That one was beast, oh, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That one was hardcore. Dude, when Philip you were... and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, Philip and I played so much. Low key, of the low key, kind of racist too, because like that's the one thing. Not was really. It? Well, just like it's always weird when like <clears throat> you're like. Your commit, your 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 like commander and like your the team Germans is always are- like the the the, the corn fed like Iowa white boys, <laughs> and then like you're in Vietnam yeah, just like yeah. filleting f- with a flamethrower, like <laughs> like it's like dude, like <laughs> feels a little weird, bro. They, I don't know if they can make that today. I, I feel a little too nationalistic right now. Right, the Vietnamese. Yeah, I don't guys. know if they can make that game. Now. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, all the like 
well, particularly you're talking about the Asian levels where you're like torching Vietnamese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. And they're like, oh! Yeah. Do you, do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, or like even in the Russian one, like, so like, but I guess like what else would they be? It's but like, okay, when they're Russian and German, but it's, it's not totally okay, okay when they're totally like okay. a, a non-white ethnic. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, that's totally true. Hey, uh, do you remember? Anyway. Right, last one. Last one. Do you yeah. remember? Uh, do you remember Resident Evil getting a lot of flack because it was like two white saviors going to Africa oh, for the cure, and it yeah. was just like they made they yeah. made the, 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 the zombies the, were black. Well, because well, it makes sense. They were the natives there. But, right. But yeah. I think it was just the fact that, like, it, come on, bro. It did feel a little weird. It's like, you're this white girl. <laughs> and white guy. It's almost like a, a Christian missionary trip gone <laughs> horrifically wrong. Like, you went over there to, like, spread Jesus and capitalism. Like a good, like a good yeah, yeah, American, yeah. and yeah, then yeah, you, yeah, uh, yeah. like a good imperialist, you went over there, and then, and then, a, a zombie apocalypse broke out, right, right. and then now you just got to save the world from like the evil African like zombies. Like it always was like, right, right, be- because naturally every enemy is now going to be some iteration of weird African thing. So it's going to look a lot like two white people what about fighting Africa. What they should have done if they wanted to be PC is put it in South Africa, and then you'd have like these uppity white like yeah. South Africans yeah. be like, "Get out of my land!" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway. yeah, yeah." No, dude, the, dude, the thing, the thing, uh, Japan loved it, loved them or hate them, they were like totally unaware of all that. They were right. like, they were, they were like, "Oh, we're going to Africa. Of course, there's going to be black people." I- I'm saying Japanese people aren't as as like touchy about racism as we are. Well, that's because the Japanese have never done anything <laughs> wrong. No, <I'm> just <laughs> dude, dude, in, in, in the brand new uh, like 2019 Mario game for the Switch, there was Mexico land. And it was like everybody was wearing sam- sombreros and <laughs> tacos and burritos. And people love it. Because, guys, at the end of the day, Nintendo does it because they know it's hilarious and you love it. And, like, calm down. Stop being so sensitive. Mario's racist. Everything's yeah. racist. No, yeah. uh, what, okay, greatest video game movie of all time. Go. Uh, uh, um, it, not because it's good. In fact, they're all they're all bad. Yeah, it can be a, it can be a bad, but like you ready? You know, you, you ready love to say it? it at the don't same say time? It, don't say you super- ready to say it at the same time. One, <coughs> two, three. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. What are you saying? What are you saying? Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I was. I said it because I heard you say the M, but like oh. I, I. I love Mortal Kombat. Oh, it's incredible. Two is trash. Two yeah. is absolutely horrific. Well, the first Don't one, was, say- dude, the first one was trash, <clears throat> but it's amazing at the same time. Yeah, but two is like, two was like trash, trash. Was that called Annihilation. Mortal Kombat Arm Annihilation? Yeah, I was about to say Mortal Kombat Armageddon. Mother, you're alive, <laughs> and now you <laughs> will die. No, Mortal Kombat one is tight. Well, the dude, seeing the- Scorpion and Sub Zero like oh, in dude. real life, it was like, oh, bro, dude. my mom would let me see it. It came out in '95. I was. Dude, I remember. I remember. Here's how I remember going back. Linux Mall used to have a movie theater in the bottom. Okay. It had a movie theater and an arcade, and I remember That's so seeing, much better than a food court. Dude, I remember seeing. I know what you did last summer, and seeing Yo. Mortal Kombat Annihilation in the theater at at Linux. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was awesome. Want to get started? <sighs> All right, guys. Sorry. Now that we that. masculine this uh, podcast up with video game talk, let's. Uh... Yeah, we were trying to think of an opener, and that that's just we were, we were just naturally talking about that. Yeah. But the point of the episode, <clears throat> do you want to tell them, Daniel? Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk uh about the why is the softness church... of uh we're, well more so ask a question like has the church become soft and obviously yeah. we're gonna break that down in detail of what we mean by that. 
uh, on a church level, on a on a on a marriage level, and when we say soft, we'll define all that as well. So, so what we were talking earlier. Uh, do you want to talk about the difference between feminine and effeminate? Yeah, I know there's a difference, but I, I want to like the right thing and go to the definition. Um, so, the definition of feminine. Already are rolling their eyes. Let's see. Probably should have pulled this up. Okay, feminine. Having qualities or an appearance traditionally associated with traditionally associated with women or girls, relating to women, girls, female. So that would be a great thing, right? Yes, and the de- definition of effeminate is with reference to a man. Having characteristics and ways of behaving. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So effeminate. I was thinking. So effeminate is a pejorative. It is a bad thing. Well, probably not to like woke people, but it says with reference to a man having characteristics and ways of behaving traditionally associated with women and regarded as inappropriate for a man. So have you ever? I have no idea how that came on. Have you ever? <laughs> have you ever? Uh, read the verse that says that the effeminate will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's one of the translations of it. Yeah. So I heard, I heard, well, so I heard, uh, I was listening to one of my right wing, uh, reform guys, you know? Yep. Um, and he pointed this verse out and I'm like, huh, I've never really, never really read that. So first Corinthians six, nine, let's see, let's pull it up real quick. First Corinthians six, nine, where, you know, Paul's like this, this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be fooled. Those who sin sexually, worship idols, take part in adultery. Those who are male prostitutes or men who have sexual relations with other men. Um, sorry, do you want to read the whole thing? I, I got it. So this would be uh, the translation. Uh, some some translations don't put effeminate in there, but um, but then well, let's go to the Greek. So the the the, the English translation is or not know, uh, or do you not know that the unread? The, uh, I'm reading like the Greek. The Greek literally reads out like this: or not know you that the unrighteous ones of God, the kingdom, not will inherit, not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor nor effeminate, nor homosexuals. Mm. So if we go to effeminate, the word, the Greek word is malakoi. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when we go to the Strong's Malakoi, Strong's thirty-one twenty, literally, and I'll show you, Strong's is literally mm-hmm. effeminate, soft, mm. or uncertain affinities, soft, fine clothing, <laughs> figuratively. Mm-hmm. So, Paul uses the Greek term malakos, and I think even uh, I think Jesus might use it. Double check that, but um, yeah. So. Can you read the definition of effeminate again? So I just want I, I wanted to do all that because I wanted to, like, it is a biblical word. Effeminate, malakos. Yeah. Uh, malakos. Yeah. yeah. I also want to do, let's do Revelations 21.8 here. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Yo, this, starts, this is the second death is such a metal thing to say. <laughs> this is the second death. But he starts that out saying the cowardly. So cowardly people go to hell, which is pretty intense. Dude, Tim <clears throat> preached a sermon on that one time. Yeah. Uh, or it might have been Piper, but it was like the whole like, how can how can you help if you're a coward? And I I, I can't remember the whole thing, but it was so good. It was like, yeah. yeah. So you were. Um, so people who fear man over the Lord, basically. And that's yeah. a ton of people. Yeah. So anyway. So, so getting into 
So let's let's talk about this topic of ha- has the church become soft? And uh, you wanted to talk about you, you were talking earlier about sin. You think one of the one of the ways. So we're going to look at kind of a panoply of ways that the church has become soft. Because well, why we, don't you tell me what you were thinking? Sorry, oh. but in the car when you were talking about like the religious thing, I think that'd be a good baseline to start with. Oh, uh, we could. Well, but that does that have to do with this? That was more. Um, I mean, we can. Let's, we'll, we'll, That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um. We were just Daniel and I were just talking about earlier how how Jesus is is kind to pagans. Yes, uh, in the in the new in the Gospels, Jesus is very gentle with the lost, but he's very harsh on religious people. And we often think that just means all religious people. So any hardcore Christian people. Whereas Daniel was bringing up the great point that it's not he's Jesus is not against religious people. He's against the deceived religious people. The hard hearted deceived people mm-hmm. distorting the law, the religion. Because um, people love to say nowadays, well, Jesus Jesus was harder on religious people. He was harder on religious people distorting true religion. Yeah. He was harder on religious people that were putting legalistic uh, uh, laws. Uh, what, uh, uh, you just, uh, what do you say? You, you, uh, you invalidate the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Yeah. That's the religion Jesus is hard on. And then they counter it with, or they always pair that with, he ate with sinners. Mm-hmm. Yes, he ate mm-hmm. with sinners. But he always ate or interacted with sinners with the mission and purpose of them repenting of their sin to come to yeah. him. Jesus did not take nails mm-hmm. and the wrath of God to just chill with people in their sin. <laughs> right. And, and so, yeah, so whenever there were uh, uh, just lost pagans around him, he was eating with them in the hopes of repentance. Like when you, t- when you look at the, the Queen Sheba passage, he says— the queen of the south came and repented. And Jesus' goal with every sinner is repentance. Right. And if they don't repent, then he doesn't want to have anything to do with them. Um, Shake the dust off. But, but, but also, I think, I think the silent group that he's not really speaking to in that passage is religious people who understand Jesus rightly. Because he's not, they are there, they are present. Like his disciples, I mean, obviously he called his disciples out plenty, but there is a group of people who understand Jesus rightly, want to honor him, and want to follow him. I think the and perfect he's, example he's not, is he, he's not speaking to. Those I think the people. perfect example is this: Who would you say? I think we'll have the same person. Who would you say in the New Testament mm-hmm. is the closest to like a righteous prophet, like Isaiah or mm-hmm. Jeremiah, mm-hmm. is super hardcore mm-hmm. but is super righteous? Uh, Paul. But so, oh, I'm sorry. In the Gospels, before. Like resurrection, all that. Oh, th- that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus, but he's super hardcore at calling people out, and he's super religious, but he's also not distortive at all. John, John the Baptist. Yeah, yeah. John the Baptist, and what does Jesus say about John the Baptist? Uh, he says, uh, um, uh, <laughs> "The least person in the kingdom of heaven." Well, he, he does say the least person of. No one. Thinking? I forget. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> he. No one. Like no one is greater among him than any man. Like he. He is. Right, he, he is. Right. He is the. So it's like. If you want to yeah. look at like, if you want to look at like, a fair. So we need to be clear about there's a Pharisee, who distorts the law. There's the religious person. That, let, let's say, let's take it in modern terms. There's a modern day Christian who adds on things that are not in the Bible, mm-hmm. who, um, who 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 uh, who highlights sins that are, but mm-hmm. but doesn't look at their own sin, mm-hmm. doesn't look at their own heart and heart, and who thinks more than anything. I think what Jesus was really always pissed about is like. Uh, who think that because of their tradition, they're saved, even though they don't know the Lord. 
Lord, Lord, we prophesy. We did all these works in your name. Yeah, but you never knew me. Right. And, and to what we and were... you have John the Baptist, who is right in his conviction and is right in his condemnation of, uh, of, of sin. Uh, and Jesus praises him as the greatest man who ever lived. Yeah. Well, but, but then he also says, uh, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. In the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but among men. My yeah. point is he allotted, if that's the right term, he, he praised John the Baptist, who was the most mm-hmm. like, we would think of a street preacher in mm-hmm. front of an abortion clinic mm-hmm. or just saying, repent, blah, blah, yeah. blah. We think of that as like, and I'm not saying people don't go too far in that. And like, especially when they start throwing out like horrible slurs and pejoratives and stuff like that um, yeah. at, you know, whoever. Uh, but that was John the Baptist, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so this is this is not all... throwing pejoratives at people to hurt them. Yeah. Throwing uh truth at people who are distorting the word of God. Yeah. Um so this is and, and this is all a good reminder that like we can be self-deceived in our own uh, uh righteousness against sin because the Pharisees thought that they were fighting sin. Right. They were attacking Jesus because they thought they were fighting sin. They thought they were fighting a um they thought they were fighting an evil man who was a sinner. Dude, Jesus. one thing I learned at my uh, New Testament class, school, whatever, is like we're super hard on the Pharisees, and for good reason, Jesus mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. But we also have to remember that like <clears throat> the Pharisees were overcorrecting uh, badly, but overcorrecting because the Sadducees had become liberal. They didn't believe in a resurrection. They didn't mm-hmm. believe they they, they were uh, they believed all there was was material. Essentially, I think. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisees and, and like so many and people, you got to remember too at this time that uh, uh, Israel and uh, cultures were being Hellenized. They were being Greek, you know, Greek influence and pagan influence and all that. Mm. The Pharisees were like, "No, we are standing on the law." So it's like it's important to remember too. Like they had a there was a, there was a there was a there was a reason that they made that overcorrection. Now right, it went right. obviously horrible. They they, cruci- right. <laughs> they had the right. Lord crucified, but yeah. They would be like they, they would be like the hardcore conservative Christians of today. Uh, well, the, well, well, that's that's all, comparative. All, all, all I mean is all I mean is if we were to take instead of instead of focusing on like inward heart change and humility, we could take the outward trappings of conservative Christianity and and, and establish a new set of rules. That, yeah, I would say they'd be like the KJV only crowd or something like that. Like or like mm-hmm. the uh, like the uh, if you ever watch. Uh, any secular movie or any listen to any secular music, mm-hmm. you're not a Christian. Right? They right. would be yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but to get to get back to kind of this general conversation you and you and I have been having yeah, uh, yeah. a lot recently is has the church become soft? And one of the things you were talking about is and mainly soft. by soft we mean effeminate, right? Yeah, we yeah we don't mean again we don't mean feminine. We're not talking right. about because feminine's it, awesome. Because feminine is awesome. We need femininity in women. But effeminate is when a man is acting feminine. And it's not to say that a man can't be gentle and kind and humble the way that Christ was. But if you read through Matthew, Jesus was very harsh. He was very masculine. Speak on it. And so what are some of the ways you were talking about being soft on sin? And so how do you feel like our culture and and, and Christian culture has become like soft on sin? Yeah, dude. Well, like I I think that most people obviously look, we know what's going on in our culture. We know what's going on when it comes to uh, abortion, homosexuality, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, adultery. Like but but we we, I think we all anybody who is, I think, hopefully with an orthodoxy can see that. Mm -hmm. So let me start, actually, to be fair. Let me start by 
how we're soft on sins that are not part of the culture war. Mm-hmm. Dude, like, like, how many guys do you know that look at porn regularly or mm-hmm. sleep around or mess around regularly? Mm-hmm. And you might have a buddy who's like, hey, man, you probably shouldn't do mm-hmm. that or blah, blah, blah. But it's like, mm-hmm. do we ever just straight up tell them? It sounds it, like we're, we're, to be honest, we're, it feels like, I'm being a hypocrite it, just by well, saying it. I would say it feels like over religious to tell your friend, "Hey, man, you're like on a road to hell, mm. like or like you're headed towards hell." Yeah. With these actions, um, I remember listening to Francis Chan talk about his buddy who was going to divorce his wife, mm. uh, his friend for years. He was going to divorce his wife uh, for no biblical grounds, and Francis mm. Chan was like, "Ah, you know, Francis Chan." He's like, "I can't, yeah. can't be your friend if you do this." And his friend was so mad. He's like, "What?" He's like. Yeah, man. So yeah. we're soft yeah. on sin in general as a culture, bro, and as a church. So what we're talking about is how, um, th- yeah, and we, we've just seen this happen a lot at mega churches. Um, and, of course, we're not some holy, perfect saints, and we have plenty of issues ourselves. But have, be, being, having been a part of many mega churches, I see this tendency at mega, mega churches, particularly ones that kind of, are like, hey, bring everybody in, great at inviting people. Very friendly to culture. Very friendly to culture. Let's get everybody in the door. What is the least thing one must know to be saved? That Billy Graham model. Right. We love Billy Graham, right. but again, like we've talked about, it's one thing to spread the simple, undoctrinated gospel to the masses and then travel and keep doing that. It's another thing to plan a local church, and every right. single week it's simply, what is the simple gospel? What must one know to raise their hand and be right. saved? But let's mm-hmm. not get off on any other specific subjects right. that are going to confront people and potentially right. have people leave. Go ahead. Right. right, and so I've seen at these mega churches that are uh, have very wide open doors, great at getting a lot of people in, and that's great. There's just a lot of people sleeping with each other, uh, there's a lot of sin going on, and it kind of continues to go on because some of these churches uh, ha- have women's discipleship programs, but they don't have men's discipleship programs. And so there's no official elders that I know of um, at many of them. There's no discipleship happening. Um, there might be some female discipleship happening, but there's no men's discipleship happening. And so you see a lot of these things like just just all kinds of sexual sin going on behind the scenes that nobody's talking about. Yeah, I think one of the, the key things you hit on is uh, when you said no eldership. <clears throat> one conviction I've had in the past like couple months is like we have all these like different debates, good debates about like Calvinism, Armenianism, uh, complementarian, egalitarian, but it's like no one really like makes a stink about the fact that like elders are just like not a thing really in a lot of massive mm. churches now. Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm-hmm. well, that's just kind of like, I think it's just maybe the term elders. Mm-hmm. Like, well, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, but Paul mentions elders like in every pastoral letter almost. He tells yeah. he tells Titus, I, I sent you to Crete yeah. to appoint elders. Yeah. And then he goes into what that must entail. He yeah. tells Timothy uh, elders, Acts they appoint elders. Yeah. Uh, and mind you, a plurality of elders, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. one, you know, mm-hmm. not Paul or Apollos being mm-hmm. like the guy, him mm-hmm. and his wife, like the power couple that are like yeah, yeah. running the church. No. So I think <coughs> excuse me, I think that what we're really what we're really in need of is biblical authority to submit to. Dude, mm-hmm, honestly, mm-hmm. you and me, bro. We're mm-hmm. we're both we 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 we're blessed to have good jobs. We have uh we we you know, we have our bills paid, we have places to stay. Mm-hmm. Do you and I really and I'm looking for it. I and I'm not just saying this. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm literally hungry and looking for it. Uh and you know this just personally, but like dude, do we have any authority? 
I do. I have my brother and my dad, but I don't go to their church though. Right. Okay. That. Well, yeah. Okay. So. 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 so yeah. And I have. I have older men who I'm friends with mm-hmm. who will have coffee with, and they'll. They'll. They'll give me good guidance. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Do we have congregational on the books biblical authority? No. Dude, I, I haven't. I've yeah. never have. Yeah. 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 I think that's a massive, massive, massive problem for mm-hmm. so many men these days is mm-hmm. that they don't have. They don't have an elder, a man in his 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, mm-hmm. who's going to hold them accountable, man. And on paper, it's like mm-hmm. we have these statements of, well, if you want to serve here in a volunteer role, mm-hmm. you must avoid from this. And guess what? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's better than being a progressive church where you're like, well, you know, yeah. come as you are, yeah. even if yeah. who you are is going to send you to hell. Yeah. The problem is, is like who is enforcing maybe not the – who is who is like mining, minding these like actual – laws or, or what are these rules for being a part of a church we don't yeah. have it therefore yeah. we're kind of all just doing our thing man yeah we're trying to figure it out listening to our mm. our favorites mm. on spotify and mm-hmm. apple mm-hmm. uh uh watching some whatever yeah. and trying to be good christians but it's like we're the yeah. men who are like and i honestly i think a lot of it comes with dude i don't think the boomers have done the best job with like setting mm-hmm. up a lot mm-hmm. of churches and stuff like that so dude well um, that's a broad statement, by the way. I don't mean all. Dude, well, I feel like they were actually better at like setting up structure than we are because now everybody today is just like, oh, just come as you are. And yeah. do you like Jesus? I like Jesus. Let's follow Jesus Who together. is Jesus? He's Jesus. Who, who is Jesus? Uh, no, but that's a good challenge. Uh, anybody who's listening to this, at the church you go to right now, are there elders? Do are you, there elders? Do you know who your elders are? And if you don't have elders, do you have authority? And what elder do you report to? Yeah. <laughs> you're like no it's about elders yeah 100 percent, dude um so so this general question of has the church become soft i want to talk about um uh, in worship music how do you how do you see how do you see this softening of church culture affecting worship music so when you read the psalms you read uh you you have the full spectrum of mm-hmm. and even some old hymns. Mm-hmm. You have the full spectrum of human emotion and uh and and glory to Yahweh, right? You have you have my heart is 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 torn apart, Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord, you are my saving place. Yeah. You're my hiding place. You're my refuge. I yeah. love you. You fill me up. Yeah. In, and 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 we want to be clear. To some degree, Christ is. Our and when I say our, meaning the ecclesia, the church, mm-hmm. he is our husband. He is we are his bride. So there is to be in marriages to represent Christ in the church. So there is definitely a component that is, I don't want to say romantic, but there is this component of he's the one, he's the he's the one who slays the dragon, yeah. saves us. We're the one who follows and submits to him, yeah. and he 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 perfects us, right? Yeah. Um. That's so, certainly one emotion. That that's one emotion. <laughs> it's unfortunately the only emotion that we get out of most CCM. Yeah. It's the so only to, emotion. To, to answer get. your question fully, I heard somebody, and I think this is a good general rule, bro, when you can replace the name Jesus mm-hmm. with your boyfriend or your girlfriend's mm-hmm, name mm-hmm. in a worship song yeah. and nobody would know the difference, yeah. that says a lot. Um, so most – so so most uh, – I want to say most. A lot of modern – CCM, and here's the thing, dude. I, I went to a, uh, I went to, I, I told you this. I went to a Hillsong concert like two months ago. Mm-hmm. Smoke machines, lights, yeah, the, the, the motion, all that. But here's the thing. 
I was sitting there and I had like, I don't want to call it an epiphany. It wasn't that serious. But like, I had this realization of like, dude, it's not Hillsong's fault that massive churches copy their model. Hillsong's a worship band. They're entertainment, yeah. dude. They're, yeah. they're a freaking, they're a musical act. Yeah. yeah. They're not saying, hey, we are an established nonprofit uh, official church of God or anything like that. They're yeah. just a worship. Now, they're accountable because they're using the Lord, but like, they, yeah. you know. It's not their fault that they people get like if a woman if 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 a, if a worship leader a woman let's say were to write a song and it was very like tender hearted almost as if she was speaking to Jesus like her Lord and like her husband and again I say that with qualifiers like just this 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 heart swelling sense of I love you yeah that's one thing okay and I think there's a place for that mm-hmm. the problem becomes is when the modern-day church, when you have men who, check this out, they get their masculinity fix, or when I say fix, it's a good thing. They get, their, they get masculine, um, they channel their masculinity in college football, mm-hmm. yeah. golf, yeah. mainly in the past 50 years, their work. Yeah. And then they come into the church. Meanwhile, mm. you have the church telling them, you shouldn't care about your job so much as – like, yeah. it, your job should be le- – or, or you care about college. You know, you, you're yeah. into all these things. or like Braveheart movies and Die Hard and all that stuff. And yeah. it's like yeah. – but then you're having them sing songs mm. that are effeminate. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're having yeah. them sing songs that – and it's not all songs. Like, yeah. dude, I've said this a million times, but, like, people give Hillsong such a hard time. Dude, King of Kings is, like, one of the most, like – gospel-centered, hardcore, awesome, amazing, beautiful songs of all time. Like, mm. what a beautiful name. Death Couldn't Hold You. Like, mm-hmm. those songs are great. But there are a lot of songs from many artists that are just like, you have men standing there that are masculine, would would probably be, if they'd had the right guidance and authority, masculine guys, and they're singing to Jesus like he's their girlfriend. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Um, okay, he, here's, a, here's a masculine song. I'm reformed. <laughs> All right, com- compare that with this. Right. Is that in me? Slow and sweet. We sway, take the lead, and I will follow. You spin me round and round and again and remind me and we dance. Now, I Okay, lo- okay, now let me cut to a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Speak. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. Come on. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. I just Did we like in our own so strength Andrew. confide our striving would be losing? We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's unchoosing. Um, and though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has filled his truth to triumph through us. Amen, man. Dude, where is where anything is that? like that? Where is that? Where is anything like that today? And by the way, I love Stephanie Gretzinger. Again, I, I don't, it's, I don't, it, and I, like, exactly, and I don't blame her or any CCM artist or any worship leader who writes songs from their heart yeah. for the church taking that as their main model 
yeah. for, oh, that's what people like? Okay, we're going to produce that, and we're going to focus yeah. on towards that. So it's like, yeah, where where are the war hymns? Where are the battle yeah. hymns? It's like, yeah. Jesus is the most brave heart, yeah. die heart. Dude, you have the freaking son of God yeah. coming as a child, being yeah. brutally tortured and murdered and nailed yeah. to a cross, and then defeating death itself, yeah. slaying the freaking dragon. Yeah. You read you read the book of Daniel and Revelation. It's like a freaking Michael Mann movie, dude. Yeah. Like yeah. and it's like it's distri- like and, and we have a conqueror in Jesus. Like so mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. where is that, bro? Yeah. You dude. you you paint that picture. We paint this picture. Let's just let's just say it. You know why the church is effeminate? Because hmm. we paint Jesus as effeminate. Hmm. When you think of the modern megachurch, uh, I don't even want to say megachurch. When you think of the modern soft, because there's soft small churches too. When you think of the mm-hmm. modern mm-hmm. soft church, how do you feel like they picture Jesus? Like, uh, okay, I don't think it's I don't think it's because of a painting of a Jesus. I think it's because of a catering to our emotions. And and that's done through the setup of the whole worship music, the picking of the songs, and the whole experience. It's catered around you. We want you to feel mm. comfortable. We want to create a safe space where you can come to meet Jesus, where you can just be inspired. Which is really emotionalism. Can, which is emotionalism. Which essentially, and, and I think what's dangerous, and I've definitely been guilty of this when I was like a baby Christian, is my faith is based in large part due to how I feel. Mm. Mm. When you read the Bible, the whole point is I feel this way. You're not. You're not. We're not Gnostics. We're not Stoics. We mm-hmm. don't deny mm-hmm. our feelings. Mm-hmm. We don't deny suffering. We don't deny lamentation. Mm-hmm. What we do is we channel that. We bring that to the Lord, but then we praise the Lord because mm-hmm. He's good no matter what. And I remember this podcast. This guy was talking about the first time he went to like this Reformed Presbyterian church, and the guy was like, changed his life. He was like, okay. How you feel right now doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. This is true. I'm holding up a Bible. This mm. is true. Mm-hmm. And what it says about you, God loves you. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. And you may have <laughs> and you're gonna have tr- you're gonna have trouble believing it, and it's gonna be and, it, and it's gonna mm-hmm. be hard, but like that's what you're ultimately commanded to do is tr- that that is faith, is to trust God and believe what he said about you. Yeah. But to your point about the experience, yeah, man, it's like this, it's like this uh Bro, we we both know it. Here's the setup. You walk in the church, the lights go down. Yeah. And then you blast off with this freaking Yeah fun yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it slows down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Now we're getting a little bit more serious. Yeah. And now we're getting into that real emotional side. And then we're yeah. gonna have like the triumphant ending. And then we're gonna ask for money. And yeah. then nothing wrong with asking for money. Yeah, yeah. And then we're gonna have this TED talk. Yeah. And then we're gonna have the keys guy come out. He's gonna play. And again, I'm not yeah. just picking on one specific church. So many churches yeah. do this. Yeah. And I think that it's one thing to have. Here's 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 why it's such a nuanced conversation. None of these things are bad or sinful in it of themselves. The problem becomes when you are marketing and portraying like a package or a service specifically every single week to make people feel good about the experience that they're coming in to have. Mm. I don't think that making people feel good about the experience that they're mm. coming to have and then basing it in orthodoxy off some general principle mm-hmm. of Luke or like mm-hmm. the Gospel of John mm-hmm. and then playing a key, making them feel inspired and motivated and then mm-hmm. sending them off into the world, I don't think that that's the point of the church, man. Mm. Dude, and, and like, 
dude, I, I've seen with there's a there's a really pretty pretty masculine dude in my young adults group, and I'll be honest, every time I go to church with him, he's not he's just not one of these types to like weep and be like, oh Lord, what did you show me today? Like, oh, there are gonna, there are going to be times where you are very emotional and very hands up, and like God is showing of you course. stuff. But also, a lot of men, we men have men generally have a hard time getting in touch with their feelings and i think to your point earlier you come to church and it's like all feelings like 100%. from yeah, the pulpit yeah. and it's like where is the where is purpose duty and honor and community where's and the family? call where's the call specifically to men where's the call yeah where's the brave heart would yeah. you give i know i keep bringing up brave heart but i think it's a great example of you have this scene where the men are literally looking at the British and they're like, yeah. dude, what are, why are we here? Let's yeah. go home. And then you have William Wallace right out. And he essentially, he's like, will you fight? And the guy goes, no, we'll run and we'll live. And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and he goes, yeah, you'll live yeah. for a time. And then the whole, the whole, but would you give one day warm in your bed to, to, to tell them they will take our lives, but not take our freedom. And it's like, mm-hmm. I know that sounds mm-hmm. cheesy, but it's like, Men need a call to fierceness. Men need mm-hmm. a call to, 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 to violence. And when I say violence, I mean mm-hmm. like violence against sin, against mm-hmm. their own sin, first mm-hmm. and foremost, mm-hmm. against sin that, 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 uh, that threatens their family, against mm-hmm. Satan, against things in this world that we make war against, principalities and, and, and things like that. So yeah. how often have you left church feeling like, how often do you think modern men walk into a modern church and they walk out at the end of the hour or whatever and they feel like a soldier armored up yeah. for war? Yeah. So I'm asking you. No, dude, never. I mean, I mean, not at not at particular mega churches would would you ever feel that? Um, and it's a shame. Let's talk about in community. So let's talk about the way the way that okay. And and I'm gonna circle back to something we were talking about earlier. Our culture. What is what would you say is our culture's view of masculinity? <clears throat> uh, man, that's a that's a that's okay, a, I'll, that's I'll, a I'll dense go. question. I'll go. Um, our culture's view of masculinity. So let's just say red pill. So I agree. Red pill has been a great overcorrection of the softness and the femininity and the compromising of men. But what red pill has given us is hook up with as many chicks as possible. Um, you know. Be about you, be on your grind, elevate yourself, it's worry about yourself. Yeah, it's, it's, he- it's, it's hedonism. hedonism yeah. Is 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 our culture's view of masculinity? Just be about self, self, self. Whereas traditionally, masculinity is about laying your life down for your family, for your people, for your culture, for honor. Can we pause there? That lay your life down. I think that's that's the crux. Because here's the thing. The soft church would say it's about laying your life down too, but what they mean by that a lot of times is be passive, be a right. sweet good boy, right. lay right. your life down, right. be that servant leader. Right, dude. A servant leader kills dragons. A servant leader right. leads his wife. A right. servant leader. Uh, so, so it's the question is how do you serve? How did Jesus serve us? Did he serve us by by always being kind to us and sweet to us? Did he serve us by never calling us out, or did he serve us by telling us the truth? letting us know that there is grace mm-hmm. and that he's the way he's going to save us, but also to flee from sin, man. Hmm. Dude, no, you may, you were making a great point. Though, I got freaking distracted by this stupid text. Um, so, right, you, you, were, you were servant leadership. Okay, 
Tell me, talk, let's talk about how servant leadership has just led to it's it's correct. Servant leadership is correct. We have but, to define our terms. But often it has led to being passive. One hundred percent. Yeah. <sighs> like again, so the question leadership is, is not your wife is always right. Yeah, and it's not. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not that your only job is to be a good boy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're just a servant. Yeah. Dude, there, Katya, there are times where I, so I've fought with Katya about various things, and in the moment when I'm getting mad, I feel disrespected, right? Right. And I'm like, you know, I need to lead, I need to be the man here, what's she talking about? And I'm fighting her kind of on that basis, and there's been times where I've backed off, and I've taken stock of things, and I've realized, well, I was actually wrong. Yeah, that's masculine. Yeah, that's masculine. But there have also been times when Katya has committed to something and it's good and godly and it's good for her. And then she has wanted to cancel it. And I've said lovingly, you're going to do this. You're doing this. Yeah, exactly. And that's not abusive. Yeah. That's not that's not you being uh, a misogynist. Yeah. That's not you being. um uh overly hyper patriarchal yeah that's you leading your lady yeah i think when you see something when you see something that's good and godly for your woman that she's walking into and if she ever makes excuses or finds ways to get out of it we lovingly as the men as the firmer one in the relationship we have to come alongside them and say you can't cancel this you're going to do this <coughs> and um and and i don't i don't ever have to like you know, I haven't yet with Katya had to pull the like, I am your federal head, and so you need to do this. But there's been there's been a couple times where it's like, I, I can see that she's making an excuse. Federal I can head. see that she's, she's <laughs> <laughs> federal head. You know, I can, dude. I can see, dude. I can see that she's being disobedient in some area, and she and yeah, I, women sin, dude. Women sin. Women sin. And I'll see that she's being disobedient in an area, and I will lead her back to Christ. And, and guess say, what? You're this sinning? Is, this is what obedience... Sorry. Yeah. You're sinning. The problem is, just like Adam, um, you know, again, people always want to uh, bash Mark Driscoll, and there's a lot to bash. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot to a lot, too. Ooh. Like I'm going to go back and read Mark Driscoll's Dude, when books. he was... <laughs> that, that, that sermon, we've said this before on the podcast, but, like, I love how, like... The rise and fall of Mars Hill. Dude, honestly, who is more masculine than like mid two thousands Mark Driscoll? <laughs> dude, Chandler. All these guys stemmed from Driscoll. Dude. Yeah, like that whole like yeah. we're gonna preach with fierceness yeah. because yeah. like before that it was like, hey brother, dude, he made some nice mistakes. Guy. He made some mistakes, and those mistakes were bad. Well, his but his problem, of... his problem is he didn't submit to authority. He yeah. did not submit to his yeah. own authority yeah. in, his, in yeah. his his elders. But the messages itself, uh, many times, were amazing in the sense of like when he's like, some of you guys. You've been coming here for years. Yeah. You still got your hands all over your girlfriends. Yeah. Some of you guys are patting your wives on the back. He's like, how dare you? And then he's like, <laughs> you're being like your first father, Adam, like, like your father, Adam, yeah. who was passive. Yeah. Adam should have been the one to crush the serpent's head. Yeah. It shouldn't have taken G- like, well, and I say like, in, yeah. you know, for Adam's responsibility. Adam, the second he saw Eve talking to a serpent. Uh, should have crushed his head. Hey, don't talk to her. Talk to me. Crushed his head and then talked to Eve and then uh, uh, corrected the issue and then, uh, yeah, kept it moving. 
Dude, and, and, and to that I'll add, um, flirting with women and leading women into sin and hooking up with women. That's and vile. I, I'm talking to Christians because there's Christians listening to this right now who do that junk, and you're not being a man. You're not being masculine. Our culture says that hooking up with a bunch of women is masculine, and it's not. So, you're going against So God. you mentioned the red pill. I want to I address that. So. Yeah, the red pill and like the manosphere is mm-hmm. like this pagan, this pagan overcorrection answer to issues that really exist. And the problem is they filled again. We've talked about this, but the problem is they have filled and are filling a space that the church has not done a great job of filling. Yeah, right. So it's like if you're a guy, think about this, bro. You're a guy, let's say you're 26. You're single. You want a wife. You want to obey the Lord. You're a Christian. You want to obey the Lord. But also, you're horny. You yeah. have like yeah. inclinations. You're yeah. a man. You you, you want to conquer. You want to feel like a man. You want to you want to um. And when I say conquer, I mean like the world. I'm just yeah, a woman. But yeah. like you want to, you want to conquer. You want to you want to go out and 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 do the thing. If you go in church every week and you're met with emotionalism, yeah. with softness, with yeah. effeminacy, with just yeah. be a nice guy, yeah. And then you still feel like, man, I'm not leading in my relationship. I'm not even leading my own. I'm not even putting my own sin to death. Yeah. yeah. And then you go on a. Um, I think you're going to lead a woman. Right. How are you going to lead a woman? Yeah. And then yeah. you look for answers. And yeah. dude, we've all been here as men, I think. Younger men, like our age. You go online and you search and you find these quote unquote gurus yeah. who are pagans and are. Uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 the whole purpose of it is to 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 conquer women in a bad way. Yeah. But what they're doing is is that they're telling you masculine truths that you don't receive from the church, man. Mm. Like, mm. hey, you need to get your purpose in life in order before you invite a woman into. Dude, how many yeah. people do you know who go? To, we're all over the place in this episode, but how many no, people? How many men do you know who go into church strictly to look for a wife? We've all been there, dude. Oh yeah! There's nothing it's, wrong it's, with it's, it's wrong to do strictly no, no, no. solely for looking Look, for a he wife. Who finds a wife finds a good thing. It's, yeah. it's it, and I think that uh, one thing I think we should kill is the whole singleness is a gift. Yeah, yeah. dude, singleness is an affliction. <laughs> like we should be honest about that. Now, are there certain people like Paul or Mother Teresa or like Augustine or mm-hmm. whoever who are called mm-hmm. to be single? Sure, but I think the normative mass majority mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. men need to be being taught. Hey. Unless you have this call on your life, this mm-hmm. deep calling, this obvious calling of chastity and purity mm-hmm. and just full devotion to the Lord, yeah, bro, you're probably called to get a wife. Yeah. To deal with it. And, and get, she's probably called to have kids. 100%. Yeah. And you're probably called to provide for her. Unless something, uh, unless you have this great call where it's like, man, God is using you to preach or God is using you in Africa right. or God started this nonprofit through you. Right. Assume your your purpose is probably to make a lot of money to take care of your kids right, and your wife, money, so yeah. she can have kids. I think this guy he tweeted once. He said, mm-hmm. "If you're still if you're de- if you're still deeply struggling with masturbation, porn, and constant lust, you don't have the gift of singleness." Like <laughs> this whole like, there's a reason. Like if you're if you're fervently seeking the Lord and you're like, Lord, if you just want me to be single yeah, my whole yeah, life, it's yeah. like that's not a bad prayer to pray. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, whatever. But like, if you, what does Paul say? It is better to marry than to burn with lust, right? So, I think I'll, I think yeah. So, dude, um, do you do you think it is any coincidence? Have you ever at a mega church or or one of these like very modern, relevant, cool churches 
Have you ever heard somebody preach about men sub- women submitting to their husbands and what that looks like? Uh, only in the egalitarian sense of uh, they they so so Ephesians five begins with submit to one another in love. Okay, right, and then they skip past everything else, and right. it's like. Well, we're all to submit to each other what in love. What about where the man is the head of the wife? But here's the problem. <laughs> Paul then lays out what submission in love looks like for four categories of people, mm-hmm. or three categories. Mm-hmm. Husbands and wives, children and parents, mm-hmm. slaves and servants, slaves slash servants, and mm-hmm. masters. <clears throat> so here's the thing. When egalitarians try to say, well, it's to submit to one another in love. It's completely equal as far as roles. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are you going to say the same thing in the next? Okay, so if Paul meant that for marriage, hmm. did he also mean that for children? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Are children to are, – are parents to yeah. submit to their Sometimes children? Sometimes you have to submit to your child. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah, they, they, you, they, they have the authority. <laughs> and are, 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 ma- are masters to submit to their servants or slaves? You know what I mean? Right, so it's like, right, right. it's like at the end of the day yeah. – Dude, I've never, I never hear this preached on. I never hear yeah, anybody no. preaching about it. I never hear anybody talking about it. Well, they're afraid to, right? Yeah. We live in it. We live in a because they have wives. Because these guys who are picking the servants have wives, and they're not. And I imagine their wives don't submit to them, and so they're afraid to. They're afraid to do these servants. Well, also they're afraid. Here's the thing: if the church is, if the church has become effeminate, what are you going to? What do you risk doing by preaching on? Biblical masculinity. People not liking People you. not liking and ultimately yeah. what? Leaving. People leaving. Yeah, Listen to this. Yeah. This is a great, great uh, little clip. Not alpha males. I mean, that's what people tend to think. Oh, this toxic masculinity of the alpha male. That's not the biggest problem in the church. The biggest problem tends to be women who are married to beta males who are therefore insecure about their husband's own leadership and then project that insecurity onto the church as a whole. They're insecure about their husband's leadership, and so they're insecure about male leadership in general, and so they can't trust the session because they can't trust their own husband. So we were talking about that when you, when you first showed up and I was making coffee, is if you're not leading your own wife well, mm-hmm. if, you're not, if, mm-hmm. you're not, if you're not constantly fighting the sin of passivity uh, and Adam... Mm-hmm. Why would you expect your wife to listen, want to listen to a sermon of a guy preaching on biblical masculinity and headship and all that? You're mm-hmm. not even modeling that for her. And like we were talking about, have you noticed that the women who have really, really, really strong, masculine, kind, gentle, but also strong and leading fathers yeah. and husbands, they never – I mean, obviously, we all have yeah. sin and they have yeah. to work on it, but like – in a large degree, those are not the women that struggle with like those passages. Yeah, women who have yeah. strong fathers and strong uh, male leaders in their life, they're like, oh yeah, obviously men should be pastors. Oh yeah, yeah obviously yeah. the man is the head because they yeah. have a good model for it. Yeah. It's the same thing as like if you work for a company and all you've ever had is terrible bosses who abuse their power. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably gonna be like, yeah, bosses. When you go to a new company, yeah, bosses suck. But if you've had a great manager or a great boss, you're gonna. You're going, or a president, right, or a yeah. political leader, whatever it is. Like, when you have a good, solid model of what authority yeah. looks like, you're going to have a a a, a uh, 
you're going to have a willingness and an understanding and a solid, just comfortable grounding in what authority looks like. Yeah. But again, to be fair, I think this comes back to the men, as always, not being submitted to uh, a local authority, a church. Yeah, dude, it is, it's 100% our fault that... Um, 100%, dude. It's 100% our fault that women... Uh, in many cases do not want to lead because they've seen really bad examples. And the, 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 the model I was thinking about on the way over here is, um, you mean not want men to lead? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't yeah want men to lead. Um, the model I was thinking about of, uh, uh, um, when Paul says submit to me as I submit to Christ, Amen. Right. in the same That's way, yeah. the, the same way women submit to men and men submit to Christ. And of course women submit to Christ as well, but, the Bible says men, the man is the head of the household. The man is the head of the woman. And so women submit to men. So the final decision, Well, Andrew, he just meant kafale. So that just <laughs> meant the source. Didn't actually mean the, the authority. Final, the final authority on things is God. Uh, the final authority in the household is the man. Um, and so I was thinking about if Katya and I got in a fight, what is a way she can push back on my authority in the household? Honestly, it is to show that I'm not obeying God. That's how that's how she does yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's and, and it, I and I will submit to that authority. And and it's not just God; it's also elders. Right, elders sense, so, in the so, church. So, yes. so in other words, yes. if let's say you, so let's say after, let's say in 2025, you and Katya have been married a couple yeah. years. Yeah, y'all have a major, major, major issue that you both vehemently disagree on. Yeah. Yeah. You've prayed, you've fasted, you've done yeah. all these things. Yeah. The proper response, obviously you're still the head, but the proper yeah. response then, and let's say it's a real issue, the proper response is to then go to your authority, yeah, which elders. is biblical elders, yeah, and their authority obviously is Christ, as is everybody's authority, yeah, and then go through that. So, But the first channel is you, though. Yeah. I, I was listening to this one podcast where this woman, uh, pastor's wife, was talking about how a lot of women will come to her with issues uh, that they're having. And that the first thing she'll always ask is, well, have you talked to your husband about this? And like 90% of them are like, well, no, not yet. And it's what? like, yeah. So, Jeez. but again, it's that trust factor, man. I, I keep, I keep seeing, um, and obviously there's a lot of relationships and friends we have where the, the woman is submitted to the husband and those are the happiest um, relationships, I think. But I keep seeing, I, dude, I feel like this is just like a model that I see so much play out in the church, which is a loud, domineering woman and a homosexual man. I mean, I'm joking a little bit, but like, let's be an honest. An effeminate man. An effeminate man. <laughs> like, a loud, domineering, bossy woman who's running the show and a weak, debilitated man. And it's sinful. Dude, we have a lot of friends like that. Dude. We, like, it, it, we, we do. Dude, and, and like, and it's sinful, and God wants to see the roles reversed. And I understand because I feel the tension all the time with Katya because Katya wants to bucket me, and I want to bucket Katya, and we're we're fighting each other on issues all the time. But she knows at the end of the day. Now, usually it takes me a couple hours or a day or two to like come around on something because there are times she's a hundred percent right on something, and I will tell her, "Okay, you're you're right. I'll admit that she's right," but. That is why that's that's why that structure exists because, dude, I un I understand I understand now why women obsede not obsede what's the word relinquish Zerp? relinquish authority uh, to their wives and they begin letting, why men do I understand why they do 
because yeah, it's, it's easier. It's easier. That's why Adam did it. It's easier, dude. We have. And it's I, part oh, of, I don't want to be held responsible. Dude, we have. We have, and this is the source of the problem. It's a source of sin, dude. Adam not wanting to. To dude, we have this sin of passivity within yeah. us, and it's like. Yeah. And here's the problem: is that it then, oh, and I've been so guilty of this in relationships. It then plays itself out in a overcorrection, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. of them being like harsh or being. Um, right cold or something like that right. and it's like that's not masculine either that's effeminate to be to be like mm-hmm. overly harsh just because you're a little boy who's angry versus like calm right. collected right. solid right babe this is what we're doing right this is the way it needs to be right i love you right. um and then again we can always go to our elders but right. this is this is ultimately this is where we're headed but dude it's the classic like i was on another podcast and they were talking about how like dude think about like Bro, think about the dads. Think about the the patri the patriarchal figures in the past thirty years in sitcoms and like shows. Yeah. It's always the dad it's a joke. with the glasses reading the newspaper. <laughs> the mom is the matriarch walking right. around and like right, making right. sure that everything's okay. Right, and this right. dad is like Homer this Simpson. Homer Simpson or even like everybody loves. He's just this buffoon or even dude. Yeah, even like this was like before I was even yeah. like a Christian, but I was remember like. I saw this commercial. A joke. I saw this commercial, and obviously they're marketing to women. But I saw this commercial of like the husband is like, he's like his TV's not working, so he's all like, and he's like trying to fix it, and he can't figure it out. And the wife has her hands on her hip, like just smiling, shaking her head. Yeah, yeah, she calls like yeah. Direct TV, and they come yeah. and fix it. And her husband's yeah. like, look, watch football now. It's like it's this doofus, and ultimately, like, not to get like super, not to get mm-hmm. way over spiritualized, but like. Honestly, the roots of that are demonic. And when I yeah, say that, yeah, hear, hear yeah. me when I say that. What I mean by that, I don't mean that commercial. Let's find a market to women, whatever. I'm, I, I'm in sales. But the root of that is to decapitate and emasculate yeah. and ultimately castrate the American male or, yeah. or the male yeah. to where he's not leading. And now look at what you have. You have postmodern, yeah. uh, pluralistic, subjective yeah. truth. Yeah. Uh, we don't even know what a woman is or or what a man is now because yeah. men haven't led and the ability to just be like, yeah. all right, my wife's going to be pissed off at me, yeah. but I'm going to do the right thing. Yeah. Just like think about it. What we were saying earlier about churches and pastors not wanting to say things to offend people. Yeah. That's what husbands do with their wives. Mm-hmm. I don't want to offend my wife. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be pissed it's off. It's not worth the fight. But here's the problem. And, the, and I think a lot of men think, oh, I'm going to get sex. I, I'm going to get uh, a husband. I'm going to mm-hmm. get sex. I just got to do the dishes and blah, blah. And you should be doing the dishes to help your wife. But I'm yep. just saying, like, I- I'm going to do this and I'm going to be a good boy. And then she, mm-hmm, But what, mm-hmm. what the truth is, is this. And this is what the red pill understands. Mm. Women think initially, in a large part, women, I, I think I think that they think, they, they, they feel a lot of times that they that they want that, right? They, mm. That they want a man to, 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 to mm. be passive, but they actually hate it. Dude, it's it's adamant. They're actually it disgusted. It goes back to the it. garden, doesn't it? Right. It all goes back to the garden. Think about that. What's funny, dude? Bro, bro, bro. Real quick, pause. Isn't it hilarious that the first sin was a husband and wife, and the husband being passive with his wife, yeah, and yeah. allowing his wife to lead, yeah, and then not only that, submitting to his wife in her sin, yeah, and then God. Not saying, Adam and Eve, where are you? But saying, Adam, where are you? Yeah. You're responsible for this. What's yeah. going on? So it's just it's, it's very interesting how that's the first sin. Yeah. Also, uh, shout out to The Silence of Adam. Great book. 
uh, on great on ma- title. Yeah, yeah. There's a, <laughs> a book on masculinity from the 80s and the 90s called uh, The Silence of Adam. It's like a really good book. So Mike Winger, Mike Winger, he's awesome. N- he's Dude, the you know why I love Mike Winger? Because here's the thing: all the guys we like, Eric Kahn, Hardman, mm-hmm. Kings Hall, Doug Wilson, Toby Sumter, Jeff Durbin. These guys, while I know we like them and they're solid, it's easy. You could you could see how they're easily written off because they speak with a serrated edge. They speak with heart. They are harsh sometimes. Yeah. They're very easy to write off. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. a super Calvinist. He's super patriarchal. Whatever. Yeah. Why I love Mike Winger is he's not he's not reformed. Yeah. He's us he's he he's and he's like he's this like Bible nerd. He's a nerd with yeah. glasses. Yeah. He's like you're literally your nineties like youth ni- pastor. Yeah, he's the nicest like, guy ever. Yeah, super, yeah. Nicest guy ever. Yeah. But he's like he did dude, you should listen to his it's hours long, but his his uh his uh his uh his series on women in ministry. Or women, uh, like women pastors, mm-hmm. it's so good because all he does is exegete and all he does is go to the history and like, mm-hmm. there's no culture war, right wing like yeah. you yeah. can't you can't ad hominem him off with that. It's just like this is what the word says. This right. is what the Greek right. means. This is what you know. So it's like I love how he points that out. Of uh, yeah, um, oh dude, who's that other? Um, Alan Parr. Alan Parr is great at that Dude, too. Alan, pa- Alan, Parr Alan Parr and Alan Mike, Parr Mike Winger are like the two best. YouTube Alan Parr players. is like, he, yeah, he's like the OG. Yeah. Do you ever watch Ruslan? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. R- yeah. Ruslan. He's a little more. He's a little more like like. Or like like he's cool. He's kind of cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. He's, solid, he's solid, dude. He's solid. He's he's yeah. he's uh. Yeah, I mean he's he's uh. Were you gonna say urban? I was gonna say urban. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean by urban? I just mean he's hip. He's like hip. He's hipper uh, than Mike. What do you mean like, by like, that? Like, dude, I'm just saying Mike Winger. Mike Winger obviously lives in a suburb. Yeah, Mike Winger's like, never <laughs> listened to a Tupac song in his life. Never right, in his right, life. Right. right. Uh, Ru- Ru- Ruslan or whatever his name is is cool. He's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, but you know what's funny? Ruslan's solid, dude. Oh, 100. Ruslan's solid. Like 100. Because here's the thing. At glance and like you know his little funny hair and like yeah, his yeah. hoodies and like you would yeah, think and like. Yeah. You would think like, oh, okay, like this guy is about to spit some like progressive Christianity, yeah, yeah, and then he yeah, just goes yeah. off on like abortion or goes mm-hmm. off on like yeah, all yeah. that stuff. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've hit we've hit um, in worship music, we've hit in community, we've pretty much hit in church structure. Do we talk about church structure? I mean, just to say, churches need elders, and and I'm being a hypocrite in saying this because I am attending. A church I have been right a hypocrite. Now. I am looking for a church. I'm about to start attending yeah. a church with elders, and yeah. like they have like a membership like. They do. They have a membership. Well, they class. have like they have, but they have like these like get to know yeah. what we're about. Yeah. The first thing, dude, I'm gonna go there. The fr- I'm gonna pray about it. But the first thing I'm gonna tell the guy who mm-hmm. I sit down with, mm-hmm. I want biblical eldership and leadership and accountability and men yeah. to, to, to submit to authority. Yeah. Is this yeah. it? Yeah. And if they say, yeah, we have that. Okay, cool. Yeah. They then do. that's what I'm gonna do. Like they do, dude. That dude. That church is so good at like the first thing they do. It's like a two or three part series you have to come to to become a member, and they tell you. I didn't know it was like three parts. That's cool. Yeah, they tell you this is what it's about, and you'll you'll meet people at these things. But they tell you this is what it's about. Um, this is your elder. They assign you to an elder to you, um, and yeah, it's awesome. 
Uh, the last one we're talking about was in social media. How, and I mean, that's, I, I can't really think of, uh, I was originally thinking in the media how, how, or in church media, how softness has crept in in social media. But I guess we see a lot of like the masculinity in social media today is coming in the form of red pill. And I just don't see, we still, we need, we need creators out there and you found some of them. We need creators out there who are bringing, bringing the masculine edge to like, Social media and Christian content. Yeah, like can't impress. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. All those guys are great, and we do need that in that space because, it, you know, the, the, the uh, online is the town square. But also, man, like, dude, you, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but, like, we need it in the church, bro. Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, mm-hmm. me listening to my podcast, like, I, like, Jeff Durbin is not like I can't call Jeff Durbin and be like, hey, man, like, am I right. in sin right now? Like, I need right, I right. need an elder. I need a biblical, a biblically established, right. appointed authority. Yeah, you need people around you. Um, another 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 random thought I was thinking about that I wanted to say about the church, because you remember back when we were doing our dating episodes. And I feel like this ties a thread from like dating episodes. Yeah, it's to, full circle to, to now is like. Yes, we, we talked a lot about how guys in the church have no game. That's important. But I think... Oh, yeah, I forgot. That was like the first episode, yeah. <laughs> but, but, I, but I think, dude, I think we weren't completely off there. We were pulling on a thread of something because what we were really saying... Oh, we definitely weren't off. <laughs> Girls will tell you that, dude. <laughs> we, we were... I think, I, dude, I think the thread we were pulling on is church has not given a space for masculine men and leaders to do things. And to and to lead and to disciple and to be looked up to and to learn from other men, um, and so, dude, a lot of the guys, a lot of the a lot of the reason, the, the, I, I know I know very masculine pagan guys who would never darken the door of a church, and it's because they come and there's like there's nothing here for me. Right, they're out like, uh, bettering themselves, doing hobbies, playing golf, uh, making money. Making money is the biggest one, right? Making money. And they're like, I can't do any of that at church. I can't right. I can't lead, conquer, dominate, right. manage. I can't do any of the Go things. Go to war. That, I, I can't do the war. I can't do any of the things right. that God has called me to deep in my soul. I can't do any of that in church. And so I'm going to go pursue it elsewhere. And so that's that's why what is left? It's like when a country, all their all their good men left for war, and who is left to marry the women? That's kind of what church, a lot of churches feel like, and women sense that. Yeah, women sense that. Like, dude, I think, like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay for. It's definitely not like, women. Women are led. Women are very easily led in general, and so they are going to date whatever man is around, and I think. A lot of the reasons why women are dissatisfied with the men that are left in church is because they know there's more masculine men outside of the church, and that is the kind of man they want to date. They want to date a masculine exactly. man. Exactly. They, they don't want to date. Dude, I have passive. dated, talked to, been around. I know good Christian women, good solid Christian women, who primarily date guys that are like halfway Christians, yeah. but. But are full masculine. But they're masculine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a shame that, and and it's because it's because our church structure and churches have not. There's not a place for masculine men in the church unless we make one. And so, right. guys, I guess closing it out like that is why 
Um, That's why we need to start a cult. That's what the masculine notice game. <laughs> no, but but go, going back into church, think 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 this week about bringing your masculine gifts and goals. You, th- you wrote a whole syllabus, huh? Huh? <laughs> you wrote a whole syllabus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about this now. But like, how can we bring our ma- masculine gifts and goals and the things like like, dude, any, anyone who says men and women are the same has has never seen two year olds play next to each other. Two year old boys fight and they conquer and they have. Yeah, you don't. You don't, you don't have to. You don't have to teach a, a, a yeah. four year old boy to make a potato in the shape of a gun and go bang bang. Yeah. you don't have to teach him how to do that. Yeah, he'll you just have, do it. You don't have to teach. You don't have to teach a girl to want to be a, a doll. You don't exactly. have to. Te- you don't have to teach her that. Exactly. You don't have to teach a two-year-old. <clears throat> dude, that uh, says so much about how we're wired. Like, <laughs> dude, you don't have to teach a two-year-old go- girl, like you said, to have a little baby doll. And like, I remember we were. I was playing video games with my, my with my nieces and nephews, and we were playing like Ninja Turtles. And like, oh yeah, they're fighting. And the girls, the the niece, or my nieces, were just kind of like, huh? And they like, right. w- They they left because it's more interesting for them to follow somebody around and talk to them and see what they're doing. Because like human relationships are yeah, more interesting relational, to them. Yeah, they're relational. They're relational. They're better at that. <laughs> yeah, and they're better at that than yeah. we are. Whereas the boys are like, yeah, slime. I want to slay a dragon. Yeah, well, let's fight. Let's do battle. Raw. Yeah, 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 dude. Um, How many times do you hear a little boy say, "I can do it. Yeah. I got it. I can do it. I can tie my shoe. I can do it." It's yeah, like yeah. we're con- from the womb, bro. We're constantly like, we're constantly looking to exert. Uh, who we are and I'll yeah. ultimately command respect in a good way. Yeah. That's why I do like how many little boys like, mom, look at me, look at me, look at what yeah. I'm doing, look what I'm doing. And you want, what do you want? What did the little boy want his mom to say? Wow, honey, you're the strongest little boy yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Wow. You're, yeah. you're, you're the most handsome young man. It's like, we, yeah. we want that naturally. Yeah. And women, uh, girls want to be loved. They want to be led. They want to be taken care of and they want to be empowered in a good way of what, yeah, and, and it's like, and the question is, how can we, how can we see more of that in the church? How can we encourage that in ourselves? How can we see more of that? In the I think church? that the first thing would be, uh, I mean, I gotta, I gotta bring it back to Jordan Peterson. Is you gotta start with yourself, man. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I love uh, in one in his book, twelve, uh, I think it's twelve rules for life or whatever. Uh, don't criticize the world before you get your own household in order. Yeah. So before it's very easy to look at the the you know the specs in the in the churches and the world's eye, which just kind of feels like what we're doing on this podcast. But excuse me, to be completely clear, if you're not leading your wife, if you're okay, if you're married and you're not leading your wife well, yeah, and you're passive, uh, don't criticize. Start with start with leading your wife well, leading yeah. your children well, yeah, uh, 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 and doing and, and working hard and being a man. If you're single, start by uh, putting death, putting your lust to death, uh, uh, praying fervently about that, uh, getting on your purpose, finding what your mission is for God for you to do. Uh, Working hard at your job yeah. and not stealing from your employer. Not stealing from your employer, this not being is, lazy. Dude, yeah, we a, all do that, dude. dude. This, dude so, dude, I mean, I mean, I say whatever you have, however many hours you have to do to do your job well. Now, if if that means four or five hours a day at your job. And right. you could say you're doing it well, and and you're doing everything your company expects of you, and you're doing it, and you're and, and everyone at work would say you're doing a very very good job. Then I think you're doing. Yeah, your if job your well. boss was literally standing right there, would yeah. he be like, "Oh man, he's good." Yeah, or would he yeah. be like, "Ooh, yeah, I don't know why we pay you." 
Yeah, because I've I've I, dude, I've struggled with that. I've there's been times I'm slack off at work and I'll work an hour or two and then I'll go play video games. Yeah. And that's not masculine. That's not I'm not honoring God. Not at all. When, yeah, I, me too. when I slack me off too. at work. What were you gonna say? Any, anything else? I think that this, we need to get back to the concept of being a churchman. Like, I mean, we like when you look at like 200 years ago, when you look at Spurgeon, Edwards, when you look at Calvin, when you look at uh, even even the Catholic Church before the Reformation, like being a churchman was a masculine thing. It was what a church. What's a church? Like 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 a um. Well, w- when I say churchman, I just mean a man who is fully involved in a local hmm. uh, church. Um, but 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 also that. And this is where it does fall in the church a lot. That needs to be being a churchman should be a masculine thing. Like that mm. should be like a not a church a good little church boy. That's the reputation now, but mm. it should be like, oh dude, this guy freaking constantly talks mm-hmm. about slaying his own sin, mm-hmm. helping his brothers, mm-hmm. uh, help helping the women in his life lead other women and stuff yeah. like that. So it's yeah. like in Titus, Paul tells uh, Paul tells uh, Titus when he goes to Crete. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Notice uh, he, he 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 talks about uh, the the men teaching sound doctrine mm-hmm. and leading well, mm-hmm. okay, and then he shifts to the woman, and then he talks about uh, or when he talks about the woman, he talks about so, he talks about teaching them teaching sound doctrine so that they may instruct the younger women to do likewise as well. Mm. So it all starts with the men at the end of the day, bro. Like again, we've said this a million times, but like. You cannot expect the reason why we live in this effeminate, cultural, warm, fo- uh, cozy, uh, foamy Christianity is because men have not led. It's because men are scared to 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 to, to step up and and to uh, and to and to exert uh, exert uh, to, mastery to, of themselves themselves more than yeah. anything. Men, yeah, mastery of the ha- household. Guiding, leading, and essentially just being a man, like wherever. They and look, are. if you can ultimately look, if you're a part of a church that is just not down with that, then find mm-hmm. another church too. Yeah. All right, guys. Any closing thoughts, Daniel? I was gonna say it's good to be a man. Because <laughs> 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 like, I know so many people are gonna listen to this and be like, "Wow." But I honestly, can I just real quick? Anybody, I don't know how many, how, I don't know how many listeners we have. How many people listen? At least fifty to I, seventy. I, but I know we have a couple of people that loyally listen. And we appreciate you. Yeah. I would just say this: anybody who comes across this and listens to this, and they're like, "Dude, these guys suck. They are so <laughs> freaking whatever." Just uh, forget Andrew and I. Read your Bible. Yeah. Tell me. Read Ephesians. Yeah. Read Timothy. Read Genesis. <laughs> read your Bible mm-hmm. and tell me if you think that. The modern day church is exhibiting male and female roles in a biblical way. Yep. And yeah. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out. Bye.